Tuesday, April 27th. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show. If you didn't know, that show is on the air on Q105 every single weekday from 3 to 7. Little, little snackable pieces of what we usually talk about in far more detail here. Uh, it's Eric and Alex, and along shortly, the sorceress of the stars. There's some kind of supermoon. We'll, uh, we'll get Janet wired in here in just one second. Good afternoon, Miss Thomas. Hey. Hi. I thought this I thought the supermoon was yesterday. This is why we have her on. It was <laughs> It was very bright and vibrant last night. I saw a lot of people posting pictures. Um but yes, we have a, you know, I thought it's been a, a hectic morning for me, busier than the when I'm busier during my work hours than I normally was. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, we're not going to have anything to talk about. Then all of a sudden, things are piling up. So um, we'll have some content. And um, next Tuesday, a week from today, is opening day. I'll, nice. I'll save some of these things for when we get into content. Let me uh, let me text our good friend to ring us up. How are uh, how has your Tuesday been so far? So physically it sucks like i just cannot kick this sickness i don't know what it is i've made a call to my doctor's office like what the hell is going on but i am having such a good day such a good day i'm so productive there's a lot that i've been able to get done my staff person working with me for the day is kicking ass and i love when i'm working with someone that can be uh, proactive and motivated it just honestly it just changes the game and i'm i'm just excited today talk to dj one time oh we'll get to that save that, <laughs> save that for, i'm very that was that was obviously one of the topics hello <laughs> hello madam amid hello there friends how I, are hi, you Janet. guys doing good yeah um, I missed you guys. We, we miss you and, and all the weight that you've lost. We have to see you, but we will oh, likely we will likely see you in about a month or so. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Um, no names today, but when, did we have a pink supermoon? What's going on? <laughs> well, we it's not it's not necessarily about. Um, a, a, we had a full moon last night, and it's in the sign of Scorpio. And any time we have a full moon aspect in Scorpio, whatever it is, it's intense because look at Saturn, stability, all that good stuff. It's crazy. We're feeling a lot of the heat of what this, this moon is, is uh, you know, causing us to feel. And any time we have a, new, a full moon, it's opposite the sun. So when you look at Taurus, it's opposite of Taurus. When you look at Scorpio, it's in the same sign as Scorpio. Scorpio. So we're feeling the brunt of this like nobody's business. Are y'all feeling it? Feeling it how? I mean, sometimes what happens, it depends on the sign of the person and where the full moon is aspected in your chart. So for Mm -hmm. example, if you are, um, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to be one of those signs to feel the aspects or the the intensity of it. Mm -hmm. But what it is, is that depending on where it's falling in the chart, it shakes things up. Mm. And it shakes things up. It makes people feel the, um, it's like, it's, it's just an intense aspect. And so it's really, really strong. No, I, so feel, I, means, feel, I feel fine. 
Well, yeah. Well, you always are fine, <laughs> and you're a Taurus, so you feel the heat of it. You are you're you're typical of your Taurus energy. You're earthy, but the full moon <clears throat> in Scorpio is water, so it shakes you up a little bit. You might feel fine, but it's like putting whipped cream on caca. You don't want to look at what's really going on. You just keep working, honey. One of those one of those pithy little Janetisms. Janetism. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, how long is how long is this going to last? That the full moon was last night. When will things recede for people to get back to some normalcy? Well, I think that it's not even not normal. It just means that you feel the urgency, the intensity, but it's not. It's not that you don't feel it. It's just. I just think that things happen astrologically. I think we feel the effects of it, and I think depending on where we are at in our life will determine where this aspect is magnified. Do you, mm. you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if you're in an easier cycle and things are great and you're not, you know, you don't have anxiety. I always say that, I always tell my clients, I don't feel the, the things that other people feel because I live a very easy life. I don't mm. feel the anxiety that people feel. And I know enough about life to know that where you are at in your life will determine where this, this, aspect is the strongest and if you are feeling a lot of anxiety when these things hit us they bring all that anxiety out into the open agree exactly agree Mm -hmm. agree adversity doesn't build character it reveals it yeah triple yeah and yes um what other uh what other kind of fun stuff is is going on should we just dive right into inviting everybody out to the Psychic Fair next month? Because we're... we're... We are, yes, it's May 16th of 2021. It's going to be at the Mommy Pinnacle. Please make sure you all join us. And it's we're going to have psychics. I'm going to be there just working part-time, like, for the half of the day because I've got to run the event. So hopefully you guys will make it out there. I'd love to see you out there. Yeah. It's on it's the list. It's going to be fun. Um, and it's also, I picked a very... I picked an auspicious day... So it's a good day for everyone to enjoy themselves. We're even going to have this lady there who makes pies. She's called Me, Myself, and Pie. She's not well, really fine. out there. That's oh my God. cute. She doesn't have a storefront, nothing like that, but she does sell pies at my event. And we're going to have brownies and cake and coffee, and we're going to have a bunch of stuff. Okay. You know me about food. I have to talk about food. Come on. But I don't know what's going on with that. Hey. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, wink, wink. You're okay, right? Oh, I had surgery. I had surgery last Tuesday, and they were supposed to keep me. It was a little stomach thing. I had a little stomach issue, like a hernia type thing. But nothing. I mean, it's not anything major. But I mean, it was funny because I was supposed to be in. I was supposed to be there for three days, and I was. I made my doctor release me the like a couple hours later. I said I can't stay here, and my sister was so mad at me because she stayed with me a week, and she's the one who's a judge in Columbus, and she's very judgy, and so she's black and white. Everything is according to the book, and she yelled at me. She goes, quit trying to be brave. You have to, you know, put up with this. And blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm not staying where there's germs. But the doctors, the hospital was amazing. It was the best. St. V's was so great. They're amazing. Good. Yeah, good. I was happy. It was good. I did okay. They and have, I'm doing, I'm sore, but I'm okay. They have to take good care good. of our little giant. Yeah, Janato. Uh, I'm good. You put the ass in astrology. That's right. <laughs> we love you got it. All right. Well, thank you. I'll text you later on this week. We have some things to catch oh. up on. You got it. Talk soon. Bye, Bye sweetie. Bye, Janet. Bye. 
sweetheart. She is a sweetheart. Uh, yeah, she had something with, with that last week, and she's an older woman. Mm-hmm. And when she has a health thing, she doesn't tell me the severity of it, but I immediately get concerned. It's like, yeah. when my, it, it's just like my dad. Oh, you know, <laughs> just been a couple of days in the hospital. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, what? A little heart <laughs> thing. There's a little heart thing when you're in the hospital. No. <laughs> so I get worried when she says something, but I'm glad she's okay, even though I can see she probably like made a jailbreak out of the hospital. But whatever. Um, <clears throat> to... Uh, to content things. Um, yes. I've, uh, so next week, uh, I'll be doing opening day things with the station. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Paco's is kind of like the home base. And uh, there's not going to be any kind of like official live broadcast. But I think we can do some, and I say we because I've invited you so you can break your opening day cherry. Yes. And I am free of work duties for the day. And I have officially told everyone don't call me. So I am right. free and available for a good time. I, I'm. This will be. This will not be a normal opening day because even though mm-hmm. uh, the CDC officially said if you're fully vaccinated, if you're outside, you don't need a mask. I, I kind of thought that was the thing anyway. But they did say in large crowds. A little different story, which I'm curious to see just how large of a crowd there will be next week. I'm going to guess. The, Opening day will be like sixty to seventy percent of normal, which is thousands, still thousands of people. Um, but I will still be careful, and and if someone is getting too close and yelling, yep. I'll be like, "Back off, bro." Maybe I'll wear goggles to keep droplet. Sorry, the D word. <laughs> I do have goggles. Maybe I will wear them to keep the D word out of my eye, not the dick. But um, <laughs> we want that in the eye. No, no, I Just- don't want that either. <laughs> Okay, fine. But if this is less chaos than usual, this will this will be a good easing into opening day for you. What are you expecting? I am expecting the exact opposite. I feel like opening day is going to be hopping. I don't lit. Um, whatever other hip word we can use for it, it's going to be happening because it's supposed to be like 70 degrees that day and sunny and we are all itching for a good time like i feel like everyone is just itching to get back to some normalcy i was actually really excited when i saw the breaking news about that what the cdc had to say today about um vaccinated people wearing masks but then i thought about it i'm like how are you gonna know like how are you gonna know like who's vaccinated and who's not do we have to wear like a sticker that says vaccinated when we choose not to wear our masks like how does that work anyway nonetheless i'm excited about it i feel like there's going to be a larger crowd than normal or maybe just larger than we expect maybe just closer to normal than we expected because i think folks are just really excited to get back out there and have a good time I see uh, <clears throat> 70, but there's it's just clouds and rain. But obviously that can change sure. you know, a week out. So I'm looking forward to it. I uh, was trying to put together kind of like in, in hopes of maybe some kind of broadcast. I mean, I, I could really just bring my iPad and we can find a right, l- yeah. less loud spot and we can do some things. Um, but I'll, we'll figure it out. Um, I, uh, so I, I put put together a list of people that I'm hoping to see and others who might be a part of So I invited and he didn't even know it was opening day because he doesn't live downtown anymore. He doesn't work downtown. I've pulled Chris Proctor out of retirement. Oh, nice. I don't think I've ever officially been with him and you at the same time. Like I've seen him in like 
out in, in other settings and we've never spoken, but I'm like, oh, that's Eric's friend. <laughs> you know. What about at my house a couple years ago? No, I've never, I, I don't think we were close enough friends at the time to, for me to get an invite. No, around Halloween a couple years ago. He didn't, did he come oh, that day? No, you're, you know what? You guys are the B posse at that point. He was in the A party. Oh, Got damn. Um, I was yeah. the B team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ooh, yeah. I am offended. But, well, I mean, things have changed now. You've, you've elevated yourself. You've been I'm promoted. the MVP now, damn you, it. Yes, you've been promoted quickly through the ranks. Speaking of which, did you see the t-shirt design? Just, just really quick. Did I, you? Gl- I glanced at it. Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. So, opening day next week, since yep. it's a baseball topic, what's going on with t-shirt stuff? So my nephew's first t-ball game is on Sunday. Hopefully my brother doesn't listen because I'm surprising them with this. Um, His first t-ball game is Sunday. I am obsessed with my nephews. I just love them so much. I I love them so much. I don't even know how I'm going to handle my own kids. But um, his first t-ball game is Saturday. I'm so excited. I know t-ball is a hot mess. I don't even care. Like Thomas and I already have our lawn chairs. Sunny's got her little t-shirt she's going to wear. And um, it's very sentimental sports as a child for me. They're very sentimental, especially softball and baseball, um, because that's what my dad taught me how to play and coached us and did all that stuff. So um, every now and then my dad used to come to our games on purpose with a T-shirt of us, a picture of us on his T-shirt like that he had it made and he would embarrass the hell out of us. I'm going to do that to Andrew and nobody knows. I'm just so excited. <laughs> and so I was like, I thought, I just thought about it. I said, let's get a t-shirt with Andrew's face on it. Like dad used to do with us. And you had a contact. I didn't even expect it to be so like nice, but it's so, the design is so well done. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like I can't wait until I show up to his game with my Andrew gear on. Uh at your lucky T on on Instagram. So I met Jason used to listen to the to the morning show and mm-hmm. we might have even known one another or, or followed one another on social before that. But then he's the one that made all these he made the hockey bros sticker for Floyd and Phillip. He made me a, a walleye t shirt. He nice. tried to make me a uh, like a fat head of some transformers that ultimately didn't work out. But he's uh he's he's been great. Um so I'm glad he was able to help you. He, are you paying him? I am. Okay, and I good. told, I'm like, um, can I give you, like, do you take tip? Like, he's literally only charging me like 25 bucks. And I was like, excuse me, that you deserve more than that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Can I do anything nice? He's like, no, no, no. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely paying him. I feel like he deserves just by how fast he was and how like, helpful because I didn't know a whole lot. And I'm like, Hey, I don't know what the heck. And I hope this isn't beneath you. Like, because I was trying to, I was almost trying to do something that was like cute and almost embarrassing to Andrew. But I'm just like, I hope this isn't beneath you because your work seems really fantastic. And he comes up with that design. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I feel like more family are going to want it after I buy it. The, I forgot you could, you could sell Andrew shirts and and cut Jason (laughs) in on, on the fee. Probably. Like, I, I mean, I just, and then the picture I found of him, I felt like was perfect for what I was trying to do. So like, nobody knows about it just yet. My brother and Michelle don't know, don't listen to the podcast all the time. So nobody knows about it. I'm hoping we can show up on Sunday with all of our t-shirts. And I got one for my brother and Michelle and Andrew's brother. So I did get enough for everybody to wear. Jason's uh, biggest assist to me was when I was hosting 
Justin and Lucas's wedding a couple of years ago, I was not doing almost anything, uh-huh. but I was doing a lot to get out of needing somebody to tie a tie for me. <laughs> so I asked the guys who their favorite superheroes were, uh-huh. and Jason made uh, what was it? So I think Lucas liked Storm and... Justin was Spider-Man or Captain America. And um, Jason made what was like a comic book cover and screen printed it and put like Justin and Lucas's day on there on a t-shirt for me and I wore that instead. I remember that. I think I remember seeing that picture. Didn't you wear your your like good glasses that day too? The, the clear ones? All my glasses are good, but yeah, yeah. And I think I remember take, that. People were taking pictures. So you were going to steal the day from Andrew um, with your Andrew shirt. I just hope he feels loved and special and like even if he decides he hates baseball and doesn't want to play anymore, I will literally wear that t-shirt everywhere to school plays. I already said I was, um, <coughs> I was, um, what do you call that when you <coughs> bomb something? Oh, Jesus. His <laughs> graduation. I already said I was just going to pop up at his graduation, crash it. Um, so anyway, that's the kind of aunt I am. I love my boys. Well- I was seriously concerned when you asked for to, to have a t-shirt made. I'm like, oh shit, somebody died again. <laughs> nope. Black people t-shirts with rip and barbecues. No, we don't. We don't do that. I don't. I don't. I don't wear. My family does, but I do not. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, let me uh, throw something by you, and and I I guess I was not surprised when I saw it, but I should have expected this coming. So hmm. I uh, I get up this morning. And I head over to Panera and I see one of the, there's a, there's a group of gentlemen that mm-hmm. come in every day and they hang in the back and talk about old guy stuff. Probably about like what the Tigers did and whatever. Mm-hmm. One of them was milling outside and I couldn't figure out why. And then I walk up to the front door and it says, due to staffing issues, indoor dining Aww. is closed. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so I went over to Starbucks and got something, and I, I've got a message to my contact there to see what what's up. Um, I, I have a thought, and I've never specifically taken a side on, you know, management versus employee. I've just tried to throw out, like, facts for both, or, or observations mm-hmm. and experiences on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, and here's my latest observation. Mm-hmm. When the extra unemployment runs out. Yep. There will be, I would guess, a mad dash for jobs. There will be. Not necessarily as much money in play or offered because everybody will be fighting those jobs for those jobs. So if at right now it's $15 an hour, it might be 12 come September knowing that people are now diving back into the into the job market. But if you do if you like, you know, I think it was um Lucky's or something was we found out changed their pay to like $15 an hour, I think it could lock you in. Like, so if you were to look for work now at the pay rate that they may be providing you because they're looking for more staff, you may get locked in at that pay rate. Whereas you're right, like in the fall, it's September that the benefits are going to run out. And I, (laughs) I truly feel like they will not be renewed. I think, I think that at this point, that's the last time we might get another stimulus, but I think that this is going to be the last time for the unemployment unemployment benefits. Um, so you're right. Like there's going to be a mad dash for work. Absolutely. Oh, there's a motorcycle crew coming up the road. Can you hear that? Yeah. You know, those, <laughs> those rowdy motorcyclists. Don't. Damn it. The weather breaks and they're all out. 
Um, yeah, like, like this just dawned on me. Like there, there is always going to be a yin right. and a, there's always going to be a yin and a yang, and it feels mm-hmm. like we're. I, I spoke to my friend uh, Jessica, who used to work at the the bar Louis that's closed at the mall, and she told me the same story. Yeah, and I, and I gave her like, hey, was it this or was it uh, like a slew of things? She's like, no, it's the extra unemployment. Um, right. Yeah, I believe so. And, and she doesn't embellish things or exaggerate. But I'm thinking as we're getting to the end of this, like there, there's always going to be a bad outcome to a good outcome or whatever. And it, and it seems like as we move through the summer, more and more businesses will, the chorus will be, we can't deal with these unemployment benefits, these extra unemployment benefits anymore. They got to stop. The government will get that point and go, everybody's gotten their money. Let's move on now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a, a fight for some of these jobs. And some of these places will be like, I mean, this is just how it's like gas prices. When not a lot of people are driving, the prices are low. When a lot of people are driving, they're up. And when everybody is fighting for the jobs that they could have had now, guess what? The the the, the cost of what you could get from them is going to come down. Exactly. And I think that, um, I think I, I do, I think there's going to be a mad dash for work. They will either stop that benefit altogether or the benefit um, eligibility will just be a lot stricter. So maybe folks, businesses who literally, people who were like just lost their jobs altogether, not necessarily people who are choosing not to work because of COVID. Like at, at this point with vaccines, vaccinations out there, like I don't think that there's going to be a ton of people who are going to say, I am uncomfortable with being put at risk. So I'm not going to work anymore and I'm going to collect unemployment. Like, I don't think that is because I think that that's an option at the moment. I don't think that option would be available. Um, and, you, you know, I am I, getting hit with an employee who, um, you know, showed an interest in making a claim, not because we're closed, but because our hours are technically reduced based on our availability or our, you know, our intake and who we have in and who we don't. That for me, that's acceptable because you aren't working as much as you worked last year because there's not enough people coming in wanting to stay. So, you know, I understand that. That makes sense. Go ahead and collect what you can to make up for what you're not getting. But for some of those, but they're still working. You know what I mean? They chose to continue to work, not to um, leave the job and collect unemployment because it's more. I think for those folks, that eligibility or that benefit is going to end and it's either going to get a lot more strict or it's just going to stop altogether. Yeah, I agree. It's time. It, it's probably time from what we're seeing from these businesses who are struggling to keep employees and stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the pendulum will swing back in their direction so that they can get more back to normal. Especially as we're, as you said, we're 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 more months into people being vaccinated. Exactly. Um, and I can get back to my Panera every morning or whatever <laughs> I'm going to do. And again, like I talked about yesterday, it's a very small inconvenience. Yeah. Um, like I get last year, um, people were, we were trying to figure out the difference between um, having freedoms revoked and being inconvenienced. And there was a real blurry area for a lot of people who wanted to complain. But my daily coffee routine is nothing more than an inconvenience. So, uh, right. Exactly right. Um, so you spoke to DJ one time and... So we were going to come in today and talk about and, and discuss the pros and cons or which direction to go. Do you want uh, an exquisite meal with decent, <laughs> decent entertainment or do you want great entertainment and pizza rolls? 
I mean, not necessarily pizza rolls, but yeah, like it's, it is an interesting conversation that Thomas and I have not really settled on. I think we're going to need help from like our family, you know, like my, maybe my mom and his aunt and my brother and that like, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Like we could absolutely pull a meal together. That is not like our options are, we could go with a caterer that caters hors d'oeuvres, the meal and the sweets, like and the pastries and we'll get a wait staff. Um, you know what I mean? It will be a lot more professional. It, it will be a lot more elaborate and, and well done. Um, or we could pull a meal together ourselves. And it's not like we're pulling together a meal. It will be a meal that, you know, everyone would enjoy, but it's not going to be your traditional, you know, maybe wedding experience where you have like a plated dinner, like you're sitting at your table and somebody is bringing your, your meal to your table. You might have to get your ass up and go to the buffet table and pick, you know, pick from the food that we kind of curated for you and made for you, made with love. Um, but that would be so that we could add in our money to other resources. I love a good party, right? I want a, a bomb ass party. I don't really know any other way to say that. I feel like it sounds very like immature, but I want to have a good time. And like, you know, remember all of our friends and family that also had a good time. You know what I mean? You, Ashley, Floyd, everybody coming and enjoying themselves. Um, and I think that a DJ may be the, the, that piece to that to ensure that everybody has a good time. So, you know, should we, should we prioritize our money towards that? Or should we prioritize our money towards, you know, a really fancy meal that, that doesn't require a lot of work from us? What do you think? My opinion shouldn't count here because why I, you can ask Proctor at opening day next week because he like it, wedding season is truly a thing for him. Like he literally gets he's like the number one overall draft pick for weddings. It's wedding after week after week after week from spring through summer. He's literally uh, like dis disposed of from his <laughs> friends like Proctor. What are you doing? Oh, that's right. It's it, it, you will see in the fall. I don't wow. know. I mean, I always want a delicious meal, but <laughs> being practical, I would think you can get a delicious meal anywhere. Um, it that you're going to a restaurant. The meal is the key part of the experience, so you want it to be good. With this, it's everything, and as long as the food isn't disgusting, and I think right. we, we served ourselves at, at Justin and Lucas's wedding, which is totally fine. Um, as long as the food is 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 passable and it's a it's a great party, right? I think that's the way to go. But again, don't trust my, my don't trust my take. So I don't. I mean, I have seen you interact with DJ one time online, and I have I kind of did some research and looked up some YouTubes. And again, like there's just like I picked up that that he was just our vibe, if that makes any sense. The music he was playing, the energy. Like my oldest brother loves DMX. Thomas and I really get down to like Drake, but then Thomas also loves Tupac. You know what I mean? So like, there's so many. And then not to mention like my father's side of the family, love a good line dance, love, you know, Frankie Beverly and Mays, like love the old school stuff and Prince that we would get tossed in there. So just a really good time. Um, and so I, that's, that's what I imagine. You know, that's, it's just a night of like, uh, all of our people getting together to celebrate us. And it really is like a celebration, not just a wedding you go to, to just attend. And then maybe you go out with your friends later. Like we are the party for the night, you know? I, I think there's, 
I think A-Dub could do it. Manny could probably do it. But I to incorporate that into a wedding vibe, there's nobody that I know that I would trust more to play a DMX into Frankie Beverly and May yes. and DJ one time. But didn't you say he was booked for your date already? So literally, I told Thomas that, and he's like, well, fine, we'll move our date. And <laughs> I was just like, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, how much do we want to prioritize a good time? He is a little pricey. But it sounds like it's because he's completely worth it. So I understand. But um, should we move it a week up? Should we move it? So we di- so I actually responded to his email. That was why I was speaking with him today. And I said, are you available the next weekend? And he said, yes. But then the other, and I'm curious what you and anybody else listening thinks about, um, the other challenge the next weekend is the anniversary of my father's passing. So Thomas was like, no, no, absolutely not. And I said, but why not? Like, why don't we, you know, have another anniversary for that weekend that's something to celebrate? All of his, like, my dad would live, I mean, he would just, he would be over the moon to attend my wedding. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he was just such a proud man, especially of his children. And I said, he would want nothing more than to be there. And not only is he not there, but at the very least, we get to have that memory and that day and for all of his family to be there. You know what I mean? I was like, why not? This could be a really good positive. So I, I agree with that. And I'll, I'll also add, um, there's no guarantee that your anniversary to Thomas is going to be that day for the rest of your life. Your dad. <laughs> and then also we can, we can ask, forget about like wedding attire. We can go back to Jason and be like, we want, uh, we want Mr. Thomas shirts <laughs> for the whole wedding party. <laughs> he's and got you know, a really good, a really good picture where he's like holding a beer and making a really funny face. Yep, we're gonna do that, and we're, and we're gonna get, a, we're gonna get a barbecue food. We're gonna get a, a soul food food truck outside, and we're gonna party. He would. I mean, he would just. He. I remember when my sister, my older sister, got married, and he was so proud. And I think, I mean. Those are the moments I like of how just proud he was and happy. So I know like that day would have meant so much to him. So I said, why not? Like, why not? You know, I think it would. I think our day would be the sixth, and his passing was the fifth. But it's still the weekend of. It's still, you know, in that vicinity. And I said, and I think it would be great for us all to be together during that time because I think everybody would be feeling emotions, and this gives them a reason not to be sad on that day. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I would do it. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, yeah spin the negative into a positive, bring all the family feelings together. So, yeah, it is. It's really funny. It is the difference between Thomas and I, where Thomas is like, no, absolutely not. No, no. And he's more like, likes to feel his emotions and stew in them for a while, like vibe out to them, like sad music and all where I'm just like, Hey, like, let's celebrate, you know, let's do something fun. Let, like, I'm just different in that way. And he's like, I wouldn't want anything celebratory on my family's passing. And I was like, really? Cause your dad passed the day before my birthday. So <laughs> yeah. When, when, so. I, when I, when I die, um, I want everybody dressed in their best superhero t-shirt and <laughs> we're, I would totally do that. Like it's going to be a party. And yeah. I, ne- I never grasped that until, um, a friend that I grew up in radio with, he, he was hit by a car and, and he died in 2011. Mm-hmm. And I uh, drove out to Livonia when I was living in Pennsylvania for the funeral. And I, I didn't have anything really nice to wear, but I wore black, like nice black jeans and a black shirt. Mm-hmm. There were people drinking in the parking lot, like oh, out of yeah. the hearse. And oh like, yeah. He was, he was like 
the club host of everywhere in Detroit. So it's totally fine to celebrate life in that way and not in and not mourn in a traditional way. It's it's the person. And if you think your dad would be happy, you know, sharing that day with you, by all means, tell Thomas to shut the hell up. So I think that that's what we're going to do. So that was why I had to, um, that's why I responded to DJ one time when he emailed and said he was no longer available on the date that we offered. I said, what about the next weekend? And he said he was absolutely available. So I said, um, let's, I said, I'll chat with Thomas about it tonight and we may just submit another um, interest card just because I'm just like, I think that again, I'm leaning more towards let's put the money towards him because he can he can literally like you know curate the whole evening for us yeah. and he comes with up lighting and all sorts of cool stuff so um let's and, do it and if if you want what well, we can I, I i think you told me what his his cost was but now that you may might have an open date maybe you've explored a little more we can talk about that off the air um but if it turns out to be too much we can just make sure philip gets here and we can call him dj two time <laughs> Because he's like the broke DJ one time. Um, That's, I don't think so. I think we can make it work, especially if we decide. I mean, the caterer quoted me like $4,000. So, and But that included all of the food. So this food you guys would snack on, and then the dinner, plated dinner, and then every, the, a bartender. So like a bar and a bartender, but didn't include the liquor. I would have to find the liquor wholesale and provide the liquor, and then they provide just the bar and all the fixings. So I may just get the caterer for the bar and all the fixings, and then we cater it ourselves. And I mean, no one, everyone who knows me knows that I'm not gonna put like throw together a shabby party. So I have faith in myself and the, our supports in our life, but I think we could get it done. Yeah, let's, let's be unconventional. Like, let's, seriously, like let's explore a food truck. Maybe, yeah. maybe hand out Lunchables at the door. So first of all, I love Lunchables. My mom, <laughs> my mom literally bought me some the other day. <laughs> I love Lunchables, the pizza ones. But um, I have thought about a food truck. I just don't know which one I would pick. That's the other stress is like, okay, so why don't you have two different food trucks, allow them two different options, but what would you pick? You know what I mean? Like there's so many options. What would I do, Beirut? What I do... Rosie's, like, you know what I mean? Uh, I would go for value. <laughs> what do you mean? I would guess Rosie's would cost a lot. Um, mm. I would go for value because some of these food trucks that might not cost a lot might still have great food. Um, and if I see this bistro burger one more time in my feed, I'm going to go rob this dude of all of his corned beef. <laughs> that could be something we explore to see if, if we want to do the food truck option. But I don't I do think I'm going to cut costs on the food and see what we can do for the party. Like the bar is going to be open before the ceremony. Like, why would I wait to have you guys drink until after we're married? By all means, have your drinks during our ceremony. <laughs> like, just have a good time. Yeah, and uh, I, I'll do what I can. Uh, maybe I will pre-buy some things for Ashley so she doesn't shut the bar down at like 9.30. Um, we'll be fine. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> Ashley and Kevin, the two of them can really throw them back, can <laughs> I think Kevin's just trying to keep up. <laughs> I do need to call Ashley, though, because I feel like the Renaissance should be my hotel option. So She'll do deals for you, I'm sure. Get I know that book she will. Now. Yeah. Um, so I had my first uh, Zeph board call today. 
I don't think I've said on the podcast that like I've been accepted to to be on the the board of directors or whatever you want to call it for the Zeph Center. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, The first 45 minutes was accounts payable, accounts billable. This is what's happening. It was like, oh my God, like my eyes were rolling into the back of my head and I was texting Mm -hmm. Amanda. She's like, maybe you could be on a marketing committee. I'm like, yes. And then there was some stuff at the end that was more relatable to me. In fact, I, I got to mention, um, so when I left, I shared out the their fundraising event for Christmas in July, their golf outing on July 26th. Like, sure. That's how I can help them. But mm-hmm. like watching your budgets and all this other non stuff nonsense, like not my. It's the complete. It was the complete opposite of our suicide prevention coalition calls, where I'm, I'm like Jen, talk about bunnies and Andre's barking. It's <laughs> polar opposites. It is. It is. It is how board meetings go, though. Specifically for the boards that I sit on, besides the suicide prevention coalition. The majority of the meeting is just really dull material. Um, and then you get into the and, and you will even if you're on a marketing committee, you do still have to attend those meetings. You have to attend both. Um, you may not have anything to give um, until you until you really like have an opinion and you'll have to learn it over time. So you may not have an opinion for a while until you really pick up on what's happening or why it's happening, because I do think you still have valuable input, even if you don't talk, like speak numbers which is what they do most of the time. Our board meetings um, typically go that way um, until the conversation kind of goes in the direction that other people can provide input. But yeah, you'll have to, I mean, it'll take some time, but that's how an established board meeting goes. Yeah, I know. I know. And and <clears throat> while my eyes were glazing over sub-zero style, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not something I'm familiar with, but it's an experience of something that I need to put in my tool belt yeah. just to be somewhat familiar Agreed. with things or, or to see how these things run because, yeah. Um, and th- they there was a little... It, Whoops. I'll tell you off the off the podcast. Okay. Um, yes, I, I contributed how I did by sharing an event that they have. And that's, that's where my strengths will lie. And that's the other thing. A board is supposed to be um, diverse and represent lots of parts of the community mm-hmm. um, and, and lots of people with different occupations. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched Mortal Kombat last night and now I have some feedback. Now we can discuss this. Good. Oh, you know what? Let's... Th- oh, Did you have to get that? I do. Can we pause for a second? Yeah, we're pausing. Okay. Um, all right, we'll come back to nerdy Mortal Kombat stuff. Okay. Um. So the FBI is investigating something with the Summit Street construction? Strange. What for? Is it I hope it's not mishandling of funds. I don't I don't know. Um I and I don't think we'll know for a while until whatever it's sure. uncovered. Somebody, yeah. somebody made a fairly decent point like I hope it's not city council again. All yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That would um, be unfortunate. So I have created a list of, uh, of reasons why I think the FBI could could be doing things down there. Oh, interesting. Um, so you've been to Home Slice before, right? I have. Okay. If you walk out on their little balcony deck thing, right? Uh-huh. That building's straight ahead from them. Uh-huh. Um, if you're looking like towards Spaghetti Warehouse, but right in front of you. Yeah. Um, a friend told me before that he heard that all the major wireless carriers have like anti-terrorism things in there. 
Interesting. I'm sure it's just nonsense. But I gave it some credence because I don't know what was ever in that building. Like, I'd see people go in and out. And then when I lived across the street, I could look outside my window and see what was going on. And every day, like clockwork, around five-something, a UPS would show up. A guy would come out the back, open up the garage door, take the delivery. The UPS would close the door and pull away. So if you wanted to tell me there was some kind of like counterterrorism stuff going on in there, I'm not going to completely disbelieve you. So we do, Toledo does have a, I don't know, I can say this now, I actually have never shared this with anyone, I was bound to secrecy. Toledo does have some sort of FBI anti-terrorism unit based out of here. Um, the reason I know that, obviously I used to work in apartment leasing, I talk about that all the time, in the private sector, and we had gotten contacted and then a member of the FBI came into our office trying to find out information on one of our residents, we have to provide that information to any police or law enforcement. Um, this person showed their, all their information, identifiable information. We had to provide it to him because the person that lived at our property was on some sort of ISIS hit list and they needed to notify him. So they needed to contact him and let him know, like, listen, your name is listed as a member that ISIS is trying to target for, like, to, to harm <laughs> and this person was based out of Toledo, like the FBI was based out of Toledo and they came in and I was like, that is really strange. Like that's scary. Um, and I found it fascinating. And so I, I didn't even know that Toledo had like a counterterrorism unit in the area. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, look at for the same reason that, that human tra trafficking and other problems mm -hmm. like that are such a big deal here. It's the intersection of a term of a road that goes all the way across the country and all the way down the country. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. But I could never figure out what was in that building. And I was never going to ask because I didn't want to turn up and out in an alley. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, don't um, just mind your business. That's one of those things where you're like, nope, mind your business, mind your business. Um, but it's probably something about fi finances and funds and how we have procured. Because aren't we like $3 million over budget on this project? I don't know. I think we are. I think we're a couple million over budget on the entire project. But, I mean, whatever. This is a great project. It's really going to do good things for the city, but that's unfortunate. Yeah, I just saw another thing that said Owens is going to give a grant to make sure um, the Riverwalk gets done. And somehow nice. Glass City will connect to Middle Grounds. Now, I'm sure it'll go over one of the uh, one of the bridges that's already there. They're not going to build right. another bridge, but that was nice to see. But um, that that FBI thing and that building that that building was not part of my speculation. That was just something I heard. I have other speculation. Okay. The FBI is here to figure out what the hell goes on in that shady apartment building um, <laughs> next to Owens, but before Oliver Street. You know the one I'm talking about. Next to... It's on Summit. It's next to Owens Corning. And, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, Is it an apartment building or a hotel? Both. Okay. I mean, if you're making meth, I mean, you, you go where you can, right? So, Thomas and I actually sat on the other... So, where that building is, but on the other side, there's like a tree lawn by the Owens parking lot. Yeah. That's where that's where we sat to watch the fireworks one fourth the last time we had fireworks for the fourth of July. And to hear all of the activity on the other side was just really funny. Like I'm like, there was so much chaos over there. There was crimes being committed, sex being had, drugs being used. Like it was hilarious. It was just but it, it's a mess. It's a hot mess. 
Yeah, it's especially now as more and more comes downtown. I wonder what's going to happen with that place because, like, when sure. I lived there, like, I get it. And uh, when I there were plenty of times where I walked home from the Oliver House, uh-huh. I, I walked a little quicker past that place, even if I was on the other side of the street. Yeah, yeah, I would have done that too. Next up. The FBI is in town to figure out why people love home slice pizza so much. Because oh, I can't God. figure it out. It's lost on me too. I think that was one of the, I think that was one of the the first things where we realized we're going to be friends. It's because we both loathed home slice. <laughs> like, <ugh. laughs> not not sober, not drunk. I will not. The FBI is in town to make sure your ass pays for lunchtime parking downtown. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Two more. The FBI is in town to investigate shady pro medica billing practices. <laughs> pro mafia. <laughs> That's what they're in town they, for. They probably heard the word pro mafia too many times, and they're like, "Listen, some, if they're calling it pro mafia, something's probably going on." Like they're just buying up too much of the downtown properties. Too much is happening. That or Beale properties. Enough is enough. And the last reason why the FBI could be in town, please cue the David Letterman top 10 list uh, timpani roll. They're in town to figure out how iHeartRadio runs all those stations with so few people. (laughs) Not being bitter, but it's a funny real joke. (laughs) Or what's happening? Oh, nope, I won't say it. Actually, I can't. I don't think I can. Um, Did you read that library's article? I did. I skimmed through it. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out why I kept seeing editorials in the Blade saying, like, keep our libraries alive. And I'm like, what? Like, I have a pretty good pulse on mostly everything going on, including doing a traffic report right now. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, so in the paper, I kept seeing these, these editorials, these op-eds, keep the library going. I'm like, our library is completely fine. Jason Kutchman is running a... In fact, last night when I was on, it's not a... Uh, It's just a a programming committee that I'm on for the Jewish Federation to Uh brainstorm ideas and stuff. Uh And we were talking about, like, the theme was reopening. Like, how does everybody feel about it? Any suggestions? And I eventually got to the point after talking in circles of, like, look, we know what the ground rules are. We know what the baselines are. If you're comfortable, you're comfortable. If you're not, you're not. Um, And take that mask over your nose. But I said, just follow in the footsteps of what the library does. If the Uh library is doing some kind of event... um, then follow in their footsteps because nobody's more responsible as a as a non-health group public entity than the library. That's very true. And another accident just came up. This always happens or happens a lot. Hold it's on. Because the weather's nice. Um, so I skimmed through the article like you did and the, from the best I can gather, Washington local schools is looking to downsize Ooh. or marginalize their libraries but at the cost of growing their STEM investment. Uh And I didn't dig too much further into the details because I was able to glean an opinion from that. And I am very much a big advocate of libraries. But so much of that information is already like in our back pockets all day long. Uh And if we have to do what we need to as a country to keep up with STEM and it's to shrink the real estate of libraries but not Uh their symbolic importance, I'm for it. I agree. I, um, I mean, I just, I think that it's, we're going to get to a point where everything is going to be at our fingertips. I mean, it, I, I agree with, 
the importance of what the libraries can teach you, but you can also learn those things in many other ways. And schools can prioritize students still learning how to do research and all of those things in different ways. And if it means that they are putting more money towards um, non-traditional programs, I feel like that's extremely important because um, those could be things that students learn and take with them when they graduate that don't require student loans. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. I think I might be for it. And so do they need to get rid of libraries altogether? Maybe not. But do they need to downsize them and reissue those funds and resources? Probably. And reimagine them just as our library and other libraries in metros have done, where they're right. more than just books and computers. They have community programming and lots of other things. So just right. reimagining the definition of library. I asked our, our, find, our, our find TSA friend, Bethany, um, for her opinion, and I'll read this. I think libraries have a purpose, but I also think that students need to be taught how to research productively and accurately online as well as in books. They mm -hmm. need to learn how to research and correctly cite their sources in books and websites. I'm not sure what STEM materials they feel they need to access too, but I think they need to work harder to combine the rather than get rid of the combine the two rather than get rid of the libraries. You can have computers, 3D printers, library catalog, a lot of tools in that much space. So she's talking more about like a hybrid idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I get that Agreed. because you know what? Like in the same way that we had to learn how to type or else we were going to be like flunkies in college. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a more <laughs> modern or recent example, but in the same way we had to learn how to type, these kids probably when they're getting into middle school need how to use need to know how to use 3D printers. I mean, absolutely. There's the needs are just changing, and unfortunately, libraries are going to have to adjust to that. I feel like our public libraries are great, but those libraries within schools, it's going to be interesting how that works out. Like, I think. Um, my high school, they, they just tore it down like a couple weeks ago um, and they did a tour. They had closed the library long before they tore it down and they're bringing back the library, but not in the same way that it was there before. Um, and they have just they have a restaurant in the school where students will learn how to cook, learn how to serve, learn, you know, learn. And, and the community can come in and eat at this restaurant during the day, during lunch hours where kids will work it. So like that's fantastic. The projects that they have are insane. Like I looked at it and I'm like, this is so cool. Um, but the library is not as big as it used to be. <laughs> like, you know, it might be a couple shelves in the main room. Um, Penta does that. They have the restaurant there. Now, granted, that's that's for that type of learning and things. But the idea, I guess, that just jumped into my head when you said it was smaller. I remember. Uh, so when Toys R Us, Toys R Us closed, uh -huh. and then there was uh, rumors that they were going to come back as like a boutique shop, kind of like the. Um, like in Fallen Timbers, they have the toy puzzle place um, or stuff like that. And that made mm -hmm. a lot of sense. That, mm -hmm. that might have to be the tack, uh, might be the tack or route that the libraries take, at least in schools. Mm -hmm. But, and again, if anything we've learned over the last year is we don't need all this building space. And I don't know that that isn't also going to be applicable to schools in some way. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to maintain. If you're leasing it, I guess, I, like, I don't know who pays for, you know, to keep all the stuff on in schools, but more space means more money and books take up like anybody that's ever moved before. You know, that books are one of the heaviest things you're going to move these days. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, at the same time, it is also like a little sad. I am not somebody that reads books off of a Kindle or online. I need a paper, I need a book. Like I want something to hold with my hands, physically turn a page. I want to smell the book. Like I, I do love that aspect of it, but just thinking realistically in some of the schools, is that the best way to utilize the resources at this point and going forward? Probably not. It needs, it has to downsize and adjust to um, just the way that we are, the direction that we're going. And I'm thinking of all of those students that could that could utilize some of the projects or some of the programs that may be put in place um, because of this change. Like I, I just can't imagine graphic design, like all sorts of stuff that are skills that are transferable that the, that the kids need and can use. And if there's one place where I'd be like, yeah, if, if we got to sacrifice something, it's the library uh, because we have an incredible branch of an incredible library system. Like we've got a, a, a Metro Park five miles or whatever the number mm-hmm. is. We've got that many libraries nearby. And, and I know that there are kids who just don't, who can't make it to these places, but the library does everything it can to meet you where you are and mm-hmm. get you what you need. So if there's one place, one, one area, one town, one city where we could lose a bit of a little bit of our libraries. I have all the faith in the world in Jason and his teams across the area to fill that need. If the libraries vanish from some schools. I would love, I would love to see some schools One, there were some practical life skills that I just did not learn. Like if the, if a school got rid of its library, I would love for maybe 11th graders, you know, in your 11th grade year, the expectation is that you are going to take a course that you have to take at the library and you will be responsible for getting yourself to the library on the city bus or, you know, whatever. So like if say you have at 11 at one o'clock, you go to the library and then by two thirty you're back in school but you need to check into the library and we'll make sure that your attendance is there. You know what I mean? Like somehow, because that teaches the kids time management. It teaches them how to get on a city bus, find transportation. Like it teaches them all of those things. I'm thinking of some of the stuff that I didn't learn, like the standing joke of like nobody scheduled doctor's appointments once they became adults because their mommies weren't there to do it for them. Right. (laughs) It's one of those things. I never learned how to ride a city bus. I was privileged in that I never needed to. But as an adult, like people looked at me like I was insane because I didn't know how to how do I I'm like how do I pay them do I hand them my card like how does this work I didn't know about any of those things and there's like humility in it and there's basic life skills in it so fine if you're getting rid of the library in your school kids still need to go to the library so make it a requirement within some year of their learning that they have a course that they have to go to the library for it's not a it's not a foreign concept even going back to when I was in high school there were the kids that went to Swenson like yep. they were George Washington high school students but they went to Swenson which was the trade school yep they had to get their asses on on the bus to, to go there on themselves like there wasn't a cheese bus that took them so it's it's not a foreign concept yep. um nerd stuff Mortal oh. Kombat did you see the original uh, I saw the original, I saw that there was two of them, right? Yeah, the second one, Annihilation, I guess, is, is kind of weak and worthless. <laughs> I've seen them, but I don't remember them, and I did not watch them leading up to Catching Mortal Kombat this weekend, so I don't, I can't reference them very well. So, <laughs> I'm trying to splice this. I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it. But it's, and, and again, Whenever, like, I throw out, like, hope can be a really bad thing, and mm-hmm. and 
the fastest way to being unhappy is expectations. That's very true. My expectations were incorrect going into this. I thought it was going to be like these martial arts movies where I don't even need to read the subtitles of the languages I can't understand because the fighting is the language and I can just mm-hmm. glean the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was shocked and stunned how little f- how little fighting there actually was. <laughs> um, I saw somebody tweet the other day that uh, after the prologue had come out, he's like, he had seen the movie. He's like, that was the the best fighting scene in the movie. I'm like, the first seven, like, and, and shouldn't things get better? Like, isn't there an ultimate climax fight where they just, it's 15 minutes long? So that, that I guess should have given me an idea, but I expected um, a lot more brilliant and beautiful choreographed fighting outside of, like, the pros, which were, like, the older Asian guys. Uh-huh. And it was, have you ever had somebody like swap a drink on you? Like you order Coke, but they give you Pepsi? Yes. That's what last night felt like as well. Because (laughs) we're so, our minds are so attuned and trained for modern movies. I was not expecting what last night was, which was a simple aesthetic modernization of the 1995 movie. Lousy dialogue, cheesy dialogue, basically a whole bunch of people who can't act, but they look good in fights. And whatever the, like, completely lacking substance storytelling, whatever the opposite of robust is, (laughs) like, where there's a meaningful backstory and we really buy into this character about why we should feel emotionally connected to them. Instead, Liu Kang just shows up in the middle of the desert and we have no idea why or where he came from. It just, so I enjoyed it for what it was. And I think that you and I were going to have the same opinion. I mean, we kind of said it before, don't come to it for the plot. Like, and that, so I thought that there was actually a fair amount of fight scenes in it. Maybe not enough for you. But um, that's, I'm just like, this, that's what it's there for. It's for a good fight scene. That's really it. A lot of it didn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know if this is just to set up what they're going to do in the future and what they're going to do in the future is going to be a whole lot better. Maybe they did a Wonder Woman 1984 ahead of uh, the first Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like the first Wonder Woman was fantastic, but then 1984 was shit. So they did their 1984 first. Maybe. I haven't seen any, like, hot stories of sequels other than the one guy who played Zub-Zero saying that he signed on for four in case there's more. Um, I saw another quote that said at least the idea was this was before the tournament. The, se- the second movie was the tournament. And the third movie was what how they reconcile life after the tournament. Sure. Um, and, and what's amazing is it lacked such imagination it basically ripped off the plot of the first one which the plot of the first one was like for the 90s it made sense but it was probably a bunch of drunk creatives sitting around going we should have a, we should get a dark boat and send them to outworld and let them fight <laughs> and they ripped off the same thing and poor prince goro can't make it to the third act but he's one of the scariest dudes in the game 
Is he the one with four arms? Yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I was happy to see him come. But there was a, a bunch of people that I didn't understand why they didn't bring back. Like, I, I get some of the characters they did bring back, but there were others that I remember that I was like, where's this one? And where's this one? And where's this one? Like who? Um, specifically. OK, so the girl that was on the it, please don't be offended or annoyed by my language. The girl that was on the bad team that had the Melina? big mouth that had the big mouth. Yeah. Isn't there a male character that also has a big mouth that's bald and he's got like knives or something? Yes. Where was he? I can't answer this because I don't know my Mortal Kombat history like I don't either. Some do, but you you're right. And he had kind of or my th- You know what this movie reminded me of? Like what? obviously the first Mortal Kombat movie, but anybody that's my age might remember this. It reminded me of the awful 80s He-Man movie. Oh, I've never seen it. Good. And you're, and you're better off for it. <laughs> like, it was utterly nonsensical. Like, it's wild to think. Usually, if you compare, like, the, the 90s Batman movies to the modern ones, like, the storytelling is light years ahead. Like, we're 20 years removed from the 90s. It's 100 years removed from the storytelling. This storytelling actually seemingly went backwards from what the, 19, the 1995 movie was. So, yes, and I do, I do. I feel sad for some of the folks who, that were like, this movie was terrible because I think that expectations were too high. I just enjoyed it for what it was. I, can't, I feel like there was another movie that came out where it was the same thing, and we were like, don't go to this movie expecting a, a flawlessly written plot. Um, there's going to be holes. What was it? It just came out, too. What was it? And we, and we were like, there's going to be holes. Don't try to fill them. Just enjoy it for what it is. I know what you're talking about. And I oh can't. my gosh, it just came out. Was it a was it another HBO release? Not oh, 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 League. Godzilla, King Kong and Godzilla. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. same, same thing. I, I, I might rewatch, you know, and it wasn't even the plot stuff. Like, I have no problem about ripping off the plot from 25 years ago. It's more that I expected more exquisite and elaborate fight scenes, and I only got the first one. Like, I loved seeing Kung Lao use his hat as a saw for that lady. <laughs> I was say, just going to say that. <laughs> and say flawless. Like, th- that was great fan service, but I expected more fights. Like, the first scene, and th- that's why I said, like, the pros did good fights. The yeah. Sub-Zero actor, because he's in all these movies that I like, and mm-hmm. the older guy who played Scorpion. Like, yeah. they're the pros. Everybody else... Like, Louis Tan, not a very good actor. Like, I'm very glad he hasn't gotten some of the big roles that he's gotten up for. In fact, I think, like, whoever wrote this movie said, what if we have, like, a really sassy, snarky dick of an Australian guy who just won't shut up and will just fill in cheesy dialogue around that? Oh, yeah. That's what they did. Great idea. Great idea. That's what they did. I actually didn't want him to stop talking because that means some of the other idiot dialogue would make it into the screen. I just, I, I don't know. It, it reminded me of, um, <clears throat> there's some movies where I feel like, okay, this is almost too cheesy. Like this is too much. Maybe it's Fast and the Furious or maybe it's like a Will Smith movie where he's like fighting. Like I need something like John Wick. You know what I mean? Where it's just yes. the right amount, just the right amount of like humor, but all the fighting and and sophisticated like action work yes. that we need that that's, yeah that's what i didn't get and that's what i was 
That's what I was hoping for. Because like I said, like, like don't go you're not going to Mortal Kombat for the plot or or the dialogue. But it was so bad paired with the lack of John Wickery. Yeah. Um I was disappointed. Do you have a, a favorite scene or a favorite character or something that really did stood out that you really enjoyed? Um not that I know of. I really liked the guy in the hat. <laughs> Kung Lao. I liked Kung Lao. I was sad to see him um, die. And that might be it. I did not have a favorite. I loved like how sinister the bad guys were. Um, but that's pretty much it. I don't, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really have. No, not really. My favorite part, um, I I knew that Jax was going to get his arms ripped off because right, yeah. You just know, I just didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, but after Sub Zero ripped his arms off and mm-hmm. Jax basically died and mm-hmm. went down to his knees, Sub Zero like pushed him, and then mm-hmm. his his head knocked like some pole that was sticking out. It <laughs> looked like it looked like a piece of concrete that had it. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I, I that's funny because I'd have a I remember that too, and that's very random. Like, I like stuff like that. And then my brain goes, but he hit his head on that cement. Like, the arms I get, they can fix. But he hit that top part. But then again, you just have to, like, suspend belief with all this, or disbelief with all this stuff. I think I also enjoyed the the character that the story is around, which was the younger guy. I enjoyed his family. So I enjoyed when, like, the wife came in and was like, um, no, and, like, picked up the axe and, right. like, just laid into him. I was like, I would have done that too. <laughs> like, I just like, excuse me. Don't come into my home causing all this trouble, you four-armed man. He's a terrible actor. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> and and the girl, like, the acting was really bad. And It was. Do, do, did you ever see, what's the Batman movie that people hate? with The one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you ever seen that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super hokey, super cheesy. It, like, put Batman on ice, no pun intended, for, for a decade it had to go into the depths of darkness with Christopher Nolan to revive it. It was so bad. That's the kind of dialogue that Mortal Kombat, the original movie, was. But it was Mortal Kombat. You knew what you were getting. But my, oh, my. It's somehow they took the zeitgeist and ethos of that cheesiness and brought it 25 years into the future. So if we're going to relate another movie to this kind of culture, then I have high hopes for Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi will be good. It's a Marvel movie. I feel like it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to make Mortal Kombat look really bad. I do think, though, the response, Mortal Kombat is going to step their game up. I have a lot of faith in the next film. Not enough to have high expectations to where I'll be disappointed, but I feel like the next film is really going to do it for us. I have no faith. Not after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have the same thought as you. I'm just like, mm, this is kind of bad. I'm enjoying it for the nostalgia for what it is, but everything else, I'm like, meh, you know. It, it what the I give it high marks for being very nostalgic, not for like the setting, just the movie making from 25 years ago. Like uh, this other line, I forget where it was. Uh, I forget what what point in the movie where I think it was Shang Tsung mm-hmm. who says Sub Zero, and then somebody goes calls him by his real name. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. I think that was when they were, uh, when they were all together in whatever world they were in. And, and he's like, Raiden says that, like, B- Bin Lu. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so bad. Like, I if somebody hit somebody. <laughs> 
I remember. I I am glad we did not go to the theater. Yeah, Are you? for sure. Oh, for sure. For okay. Sure. Although I would have liked to see some of those, the goriness on the big screen. I think I would have enjoyed like looking over at Thomas and his he, him just like eating his popcorn, like and you know what I mean, and just like glued to the TV. He still would have been, but um, yeah, I'm satisfied that we were able to watch it from the comforts of our own home. One last criticism: that Goro doesn't. It looks like they. So that movie again, the original was in t- t- 1995. Uh-huh. The graphics for this Goro stopped around 2002. <laughs> I agree. It was kind of bad. <laughs> I they could have done. I mean, again, I can't. I'm not going to compare Marvel, but like Bruce Banner, like you know what I mean. Like the Hulk looks more realistic than. Yeah. Than that one did. Like, I thought of the early, like, maybe the 2001, 2002 Hulk movie, and even, like, the the Edward Burns one, which was now 13 years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. they just couldn't afford a good graphics person to make Goro. Like, poor Goro. I'm on Team Goro for the future. For for better animation and to make it into the third act. Yeah. 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 All right. Another podcast in the books. Very well. Good job, team. Yes, uh, go home. That accident is still there, so you might want to sit tight for a little while. I'm probably going to go into downtown, Mommy. Go, go up that way. All right, bye. Um, bye.